0: Well, it's Toby Haydox, who's round? Didn't I have a lovely time the day I went to Brighton? I did? I set the scene by saying it's very windy uh, here uh, yeah. on the coast. But windy Worthing. Windy Worthing, but I'm delighted that I've been working in Brighton this weekend and it's given me an opportunity to meet somebody who was there at the very beginning. So I'm going to ask him to tell me his name and, uh, and, and why we're here to talk about Doctor Who and other things.
1: Yeah. Well, Doctor Who, you know, we were assigned, I was the film editor. The ceiling and film studios, and um, I was sort of introduced. Uh, sort of, they said, "There's two people here want to talk to you about a new show," and um, I met them in the corridor. Actually, not even my cutting room, and it was Verity Lambert and Wallace. Hussein, And they said, we're, we're going to produce a new uh, series of uh, programmes, and uh, they're called Doctor Who. And I said, oh no, you mean Doctor No, don't you? <laughs> and they said, no, 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 you'll be talking about Doctor Who long after you've forgotten about Doctor No. And uh, they handed me some a can, and they said, uh, "Well, this is the uh, opening title in here, and uh, we want you to cut it." So I, I said, "Okay, I'll do that." <laughs> he said, "Ron Grainer's on holiday, and he can't write the opening music at the moment, but he'll be back soon, and he'll write it." So um, I said, all right. And and, um, I looked at the film and it was actually, as you know possibly, a television camera looking at its own monitor. And, uh, you know, I just cut them together. And um, that was that for that episode. And afterwards I did... Um, you know, when they did episodes of Doctor Who, mm-hmm. I was often sort of the victim or the something or other. I,
0: oh yes, well you popped up, we've got the DVD, You popped. so you'd gone from being a film editor, you are also the film editor on Dalek Invasion of Earth. Uh, what? You, did, you were the film editor on another William Hartnell story, The Dalek Invasion of Earth. Yeah. But that would have been one of many jobs, I'm There's sure.
1: There's so many things I did, I can't remember them all.
0: But then you have this, yes, you have this change where you, you, you were production assistant or you worked on The Mind of Evil and yeah. you and you end up um, getting killed a lot, do you, yes. in that?
1: Yes. What happened there, The Mind of Evil, is that Denham Film Labs, who you know of... Um, had an artesian well collapse, and it unfortunately collapsed on our rushes uh, for the mind of evil. And we only had, a, you know, everything was very tight turnaround, and we only had a day or two to get it right. And uh, so, uh, you know, I and the director put our heads together and we said, well, we'd better play these, do this and reshoot it because we only had over the weekend to Mm -hmm. do it. And um, that's what we did. So, you know, he shot
0: me and I shot him and, uh, (laughs) you know, we got by. Yes, it's, t- it's Tim Coombe, the director, and I worked on the DVD commentary of the story, and he keeps going, that's me with glasses on getting shot, that's me with a hat on getting shot. So, you, yeah, you just had to rescue it yes. with the skeleton crew. We had, we had
1: because, you know, we, we were due in the studio and our, our film wasn't shot because the Artigian well had collapsed. Did he tell you that?
0: I didn't know. It, I didn't know it had been because of an artesian well collapsing. Yeah, so. it
1: was uh, Denim. It collapsed
0: at denim. and uh, so we we, we And uh, which is why the Mind of Evil was uh, for many many years the most expensive Doctor Who story produced because it had say, yeah. gone over budget because they'd had to do reshoots and things. But what I love about that is that nobody knows up until Stephen told me. You knew Stephen, but that. Um, that the man who edited the opening titles of the very first episode of Doctor Who, not only is you, but then turns up getting shot in the yeah, mind yeah, of evil. Yeah. It's That's the most obscure, <laughs> trivial it question is. Doctor <laughs> question. I think it is. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. it is. And of course that title sequence, John, was used time and time and time again for years, about the first four years, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. a an, I mean has I don't think has been bettered as a piece of sort of abstract no you know, not that I did anything marvelous
1: to well, it I just tidied it up new and yeah, and you got
0: the usable part out, but <laughs> they're right at the beginning of uh, of a show that is now fifty two mm. years old and still going strong
1: oh.
0: yeah. but yeah. this is not your only connection because you knew um John Nathan-Turner as well, who of course produced Doctor Who for many years. very good friend of mine. So how did you know John?
1: Oh, through work. He was an uh, AFM assistant floor manager in uh, the department I worked in. Uh, Drama serials. Drama serials. I was advised to go into that department or attachment when I had an attachment to drama and Martin Lismore of blessed memory who uh, produced I, Claudius said asked to go for drama serials, they're very busy there and they need people so I did and I uh, got in and fortunately I was put with Paddy Russell. And Paddy Russell was Rudolf Cartier's uh, production assistant. And uh, previous to that, I had a, a sort of interview with a fellow in the centre who was in drama, and he said, oh, he said, you'll never be anything else but a film editor. So I I, I thought, our demo will show you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I not only became a production manager, but I later on trained them, you know, in drama production, what they should do and where they should go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've always been very busy.
2: Tell them about your wages, John. My who? Your wages, you were getting as...
1: Yeah, in the end, I discovered five years before I retired that I was getting the same wage as people I was training. (laughs) So I went to Parsnell and they said, well, this isn't right. I said, no, jolly, well, it isn't. (laughs) And uh, they said, well, leave it to us. And I did, and nothing happened and uh, you know I went back and in the end I I reluctantly brought the union in because I thought it was so wrong but it was the only wrong BBC ever did be and I retired on the grade I was on you know the same as Mm -hmm. the production managers that I was training but that was the only grouse I had against
0: So you enjoyed working there on the whole? Yes,
1: on the whole, yes. I worked on, I mean, I remember we were in the canteen and there were a whole circle of us having some tea and uh, they said, we're we're interested in doing a new cultural programme. And... uh, we're looking for a name for it. We've got one suggestion, Monitor. Oh. This area should quite like. But um, what do you think? And I said, well, I think it's, that's a damn good name. But uh, anyway, later on, it, Hugh Weldon and David Jones and... All those people, you know, took it up. Did you, so you were the, you were there
0: at the beginning of everything. Yes, <laughs> I, I
1: did happen to be around when things started. Yes, I did.
0: And what were your favourite programmes that you that you worked on that you had the best experiences working? Well, on?
1: one one was, uh, um, a sort of a film that was called The Chase. And that was shown at the Odeon, or the Gaumont, the Odeon Haymarket.
0: What, what led you to work in television? What, 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 and what had been, oh, your, what had been you. your ambition?
1: I belonged to the Wanstead and Woodford Cine Club. And uh, that was an amateur club. Now, it was about the time, luckily for me, that ITV started, and they were short of film editors, so they had the bright idea of contacting all the amateur cine clubs in the country and saying, if you've got anyone who's interested in, in in working in film, to contact us. Well, I discussed it with my parents, and they said, yeah, go ahead. They were wonderful. And so I did that. I uh, rose in and said, you know, I'm, very, I'm a film buff, very keen on film. And uh, they said, OK, come up for an interview. I was lucky. Come up for an interview and uh, will you bring a sample of your work? I not only took a sample of my work in, I took the projector, didn't take a screen, because I thought they could get that. And uh, fortunately for me, really, I had a whip pan I was rather fond of. It was a quiz program. And I had, you know, when you whip the the camera around? Mm -hmm. So um, the supervising editor of Movie Tone at that time was particularly fond of Whippans and I think that got me the job. <laughs> so uh, they wrote later on to me and said okay uh, come in for an interview. So I did. Out of a hundred and I think it was a hundred and thirty applicants and there were three of us selected Two of them, unhappily, have passed over, and me. And we were known as Freeman Hardy and Willis (laughs) by, uh, uh, um, what's his name, David Jacobs. Yes. He said, oh, here comes Freeman Hardy and Willis
2: as we, uh, you know, that's went to a... For you, Steve, that's the name of a, a shop, uh, I think... I remember. A shoe, to shop, to a shoe, shoe shop, shop it was a shoe shop, shoe shop. Yeah, shop. Yeah. yeah, I remember Freeman Hardy and <laughs> Willits, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway, he, he called us that. And, uh, you that know, quite, we, uh, I worked on all sorts of things, Farnborough air show, you know, helping editing. Not the main editor, but the assistant editor, Then the BBC were, you know, a bit short. And uh, then I applied to the BBC and was, you know, given an interview, uh, which I was successful at. So then I joined. But when I joined, I hired the New Ealing and Ealing Studios, I had to ask the way when I got there, from Alan Lawson, who was uh, one of the bosses in the film department. Production, I don't know what they call them now. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, it's all been very busy.
0: And I guess you were just assigned programmes of yeah. all sorts of different types yeah. and genres. Yes. and yes. yes. We used to have a little printed
1: little sheet that came to you and they, if they had time, told you about it. Yeah.
2: Can I add something now, John? You used to say that uh, when you uh, see credits in films today, yeah. you see all these different oh, credits, all these different people doing yeah, all the dozens of different jobs that you did, yeah. you were them all. Whereas now it's (laughs) one person. I was. was. And when I left to
1: go to drama, Mm -hmm. because I had an attachment, and see if they like you. So um, I went to drama, and uh, they said, oh, they like you. They want you to stay, but you'll have to resign and go freelance. Oh, in those days, that was terrible. But I did it. I resigned on the Friday, came back on the Monday. And it, it uh, you know, it, it proved quite well because I went with Paddy Russell, who was a good director, I think. Mm. And uh, she said I was the best production manager she ever had because I was very you know I was very careful about details I was very good at finding film locations we had one location I remember and it was supposed to be a railway line running adjacent to a row of cottages well you try finding that well, I did. I found it very quickly by using a map. But uh, anyway, that's always that appealed
0: to her. Well, because Paddy directed quite a few Doctor Who's. I, I used to. Yes, with... she did.
1: But you know, times were, were happier then.
0: Well, I guess you must look at the dismantling of TV Centre and. Uh... Oh, I, I'm absolutely
1: appalled. I think it's a ludicrous decision. Absolute lunacy. What that cost to build.
2: It's absolute madness, I think. Touch with him. John also knew John Slesinger very well. Oh, wow. It? Yes, I did. Uh, they were great pals. And one day in the
1: cutting room, I said to John, what would you really like to do in television? And he said, well, I really, John, he said, like to direct feature films and I thought, you yeah, know, fat chance you've got of that, mate. <laughs> yeah. But actually, I was totally and utterly wrong. Yeah. And John, you know, did direct feature films. He also came to dinner with with, with us uh, several Not times. With Not with this, his John. Previous his partner. Previous partner.
2: John said uh, it's a shame he passed away because he was... Would... Love to oh, I'm
1: cross with John passing away. I don't know what age you watch I was. loved his films, but you know, we, in our ways, we were, both had success. Mm. Really,
0: absolutely. And so, because I mean, how long were you at the BBC in total?
1: Thirty-seven years.
0: So, you, yeah, you've seen them come and you've seen them go. Then.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Deserves his laughs> <passion>. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> And, I mean, could you feel it was changing as an organisation while you were there?
1: Yes, there were little changes, yes. Not great big ones.
0: Could you have foretold that the... Because obviously it's, television is now a totally different... Uh, it's, it's made in a totally different way from from when yeah. the BBC was a sort of production house.
1: Yeah. It's... Um, I think it, uh, it was a lunatic decision to uh, move out of the centre. I mean, I don't know what possessed them. Yeah. I mean, the cabling alone that was in the Television
2: Centre was worth, worth a fortune. Well, they kept that, obviously. I mean, they didn't get rid of it, but <laughs> it's still there. Yes, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> of course it is, because it's a damn good building.
0: And do you you ever do you ever catch stuff on the telly and go, um, oh, hang on, I I was involved with that. Do you ever catch programmes on the telly and suddenly realise that it was something that you were involved in the making of? Yes, I do
2: occasionally. Occasionally, he sees a name like a director, says, "Oh, I trained him," (laughs) or um, yeah, so he does see. I helped to train him. And occasionally sees names that he knows very well, like Tony Emi, the... Uh,
0: oh, the film cameraman film from Cathy Come yeah. Home, yeah. Yeah, um,
2: Tony and, Emi, yeah. yes. Mm. So there's quite a few names that you... Brian Deferno,
1: yes. another cameraman who became a
0: director.
1: and uh,
0: So you knew them all. And what about teaching people and training them? So, where did I, mean, well, I
1: did that for 12 years at uh, a BBC premises called Woodstock Grove which is the other side of Shepherd's Bush Green. It's next to Kensington House. And, uh, you know, I, I became a, a production, uh, instructor, production technique. Instructor was my title. And, uh, you know, I used to oh, get on a train. When I took the job over, there wasn't a page, not a piece of paper, to tell me what to do. <laughs> but I, well, I I knew what to do, and I published a production manual, which was quite a book uh, guiding young people who were production, you know, production managers or yeah. new
0: production you managers. You've
2: still got that book, haven't you? you yes, have I still book, have yeah. a copy.
0: So you took a job that actually had no description and then wrote the Bible yourself?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, there was, you know, the fellow who had the, the, uh, the job before me retired, and he was Tony Halfpenny.
0: Oh yes, well here's a funny piece of trivia because for many years it was believed when they did the William Hartnell title sequence they did try and use a face um, and it was deemed to be too scary uh, when the face had the howl round added to it and for years it was believed it was Tony Halfpenny's face but it actually wasn't, it was somebody else, Richard oh, Bignall was yeah. just discovered so Tony Halfpenny has always been a footnote in the history of the Doctor Who title sequence so how funny that it all of, it all connects it all connects. So, did you have any charges um, that you were teaching that you uh, you predicted might go on to, to to great things? Who did?
1: People like Graham Harper. There's one. I mean, he's had moderate
2: success, I think. Well, he's, he's he is yeah. yeah. He, he directed the classic Doctor Who and the new Doctor Who. I think he's one of the few people who's worked yeah. on both. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's the only person to have directed, directed both. both. Yeah. Um, and and so yeah, so Graham Graham sort of worked through the ranks, didn't he? Graham yeah, Harper. And, yes, he did. And, and was he? Did he always have that sort of boyish enthusiasm? Yeah. he still seems to have.
1: Yes, Gov, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice, nice chap. I liked him.
0: And so, what about? Well, I've 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 used more of your time than I said I would. So, um, when you when you finished working at the Bee, what what did you do after that?
1: Uh, retired. Retired from the BBC. I retired on the Friday. I moved here to Worthing on the Monday. Would you believe? Because my partner at that time was very, very keen on this area, very keen. Now I retired after I left the BBC.
0: And well, what about your interests outside of work then? What what? How do you uh, amuse yourself and... Uh...
1: Well, amuse yourself, running this house. Everything goes <laughs> wrong with a damn place every five minutes. <laughs> the kitchen lights have all failed now. We don't know why. No, it's a busy life being retired, or it can be. And, and were you
0: aware of, um, uh, a couple of years ago, you know, all the big... 50th anniversary celebrations of doctor who and did, did you know did, did did it amuse you that uh, you know the very first part of doctor who that anybody saw was something that that you were involved with
1: not really not really
0: well i think we're very grateful because because oh, yes. uh, the opening titles of Doc, the first doctor who are brilliant He's a
2: great he's a great fan this chap oh, yes, yes yes absolutely yeah. and it's just such a shame john that they they got rid of so many of the old black and white ones isn't it you know they yeah got... they did i believe anyway i've got you haven't got any in your loft have you no it's, it was no. worth no. asking. Uh, absolutely <laughs> yes <laughs> got any old film any old film yeah. film, <laughs> film trims trim film trim yeah. no, got
1: this my co- this Yes, here. you've got the
0: mind of evil here, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and as somebody that's worked on so many hours of television, do, what do you make of today's television compared to the television that you well, worked there on?
1: moments of sheer brilliance and moments of sheer banality. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate some of the cutting, the fast cutting. I mean, you can't keep up with it. Mm. And I've gone horribly deaf. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I don't seem to consider deaf people at all.
0: Well, I think the music on some programmes doesn't seem to consider oh, any, right. anybody. It doesn't,
2: <laughs> it doesn't like just the sound on uh, programmes like Strictly, because uh, uh, you can't hear announcements because of all the noise and the, the, the audience noise. Sort oh, of of the thing.
1: sheer hysteria.
2: So he gets frustrated with that. Um, I do. We have two sound systems on our house, though one basically cuts out all the surround noise, another one which he can listen to. He might just hear his uh, commentaries. I mean,
1: I'm lucky I worked with Hugh Wilder,
2: I worked with David
1: Jones, and, uh, you know, people like Humphrey Burton. I felt I had to do some amateur work because i missed the prof- professional side of it so i did a hell of a lot of plays when i came out when i retired and um my greatest triumph was charles in in um life spirit life spirit. spirit but they all had to stop when he had the stroke right and then funnily enough um in our company we had a visual mixer, Peter Boffin. Oh, I Peter was Boffin Peter. and he worked Fry TV. I had one day when I worked Fry T V when they were short and they wanted an assistant sound recordist, which I did for one day just holding up a Microphone.
2: Mm-hmm. Sh- <laughs> Jack
0: of all trades. You have done that. <laughs> oh, so it a bit of under the table sand yeah. operating, was it?
2: We, ah. we miss the Amdram scene that we can't do it anymore. But uh... Yes, I do, I do.
1: Because it's in my blood. And really, until they now. come
2: up with a musical version of uh, Ironside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He's, he can't do it. <laughs> well,
0: well, the, the the final two questions, one I primed you about, which is um, because you've kindly given your time and your hospitality, we asked the listeners to donate to a charity, John. So what's yeah. the charity you would like them to donate to? Uh,
1: Benevolent Fund, I think, you know, the Cinematograph Benevolent Fund.
0: This podcast, this, this programme was conceived to celebrate 50 years of Doctor Who. You were there... Even before day one. Yeah. So, what's your message to the Doctor Who fans out there who are still watching they the keep fruits of going.
1: your <laughs> keep going? That's my message. <laughs> oh
0: well, John Griffiths and, and in fact, everybody here, John and Steve, it's been a group effort. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, you're very welcome. That was good great. To you. I hope that was okay for me That was great. That was really interesting. Oh, oh loads in there. That was brilliant. Okay, I'm recording this having just um, come back from John Griffiths, who of course, once we pressed stop and uh, we had a little look at the mind of evil, um, remembered all sorts of other things. John is, um, he's the soldiers in the remounts where Tim Coombe is the the convicts who get shot. So in the various cut-ins from the extra day shooting that they did where they had to use only the existing crew. Uh, yeah, John's the soldiers, Tim, as I knew and I hope you do from the DVD commentary, is various different prisoners who gets killed and it's John that's killing him. Um, and John also said that he'd found Mr Pertwee uh, quite, uh, quite difficult in that he, he was quite interfering with uh, with John's job. Uh, always had an opinion Um, and that when John asked at uh, Dover Castle for the remount that they had to do um, he had to Speak to them for several hours, and he said it was like an interrogation, it was like he was trying to buy the place because they wanted to know exactly the whys and wherefores and what they were going to be doing. So there were just a few extra things that were prompted by the visual stimulus of the episode, but I'd long packed away my equipment, but they're all there. I think useful little adjuncts, so it's quite nice that. Isn't that a nice piece of um, uh, Doctor Who sort of history that nobody would know? Why should they? And it's not going to change the world. But it tickles me that. Um, you know, one of the extras, although an extra by default in that battle sequence in Mind of Evil is also the guy that edited together the Hartwell title sequence. What a funny little interweaving that is and there's no reason why uh, either of those things should be remotely connected. Um, my thanks to Steve Cranford who's um, fed me, which um, uh, is beautiful, um, thanks to his uh, husband Paul um, uh, and me and uh, and facilitated that whole interview, so thanks to to Steve Cranford for that and now I'm off to do another one bye John's charity is the CTBF the UK charity for cinema, television and film, the CTBF uh, which you can find at ctbf.co.uk ctbf.co.uk and as a side issue i have a just giving page by the time you listen to this i will have run 10k to help disabled children get access to the arts so if you go to toby haydon just giving even if everybody who listens to this gave a quid i'd uh, hit the total of that at the time of recording i haven't ta ta
2: big finish presents The Companion Chronicles, The First Doctor, Volume 2.
0: Status report?
2: It's not good
0: news. (sighs) When is it? There's already talk of Arcadia falling, and a new front opening up at the last hour.
2: And now this. Numerous incursions now, my lady. They're targeting the First Doctor's timeline.
0: I warned the High Council this might happen. Show me. The problem with using terror
1: is that it ends by terrifying its users, too. No one trusts each other. Everyone fears retribution. The revolution shall devour its children? Hasn't someone in Paris said as much?
0: That was Vernio. He has been guillotined.
1: Life ahead of Silence! Stephen? Stephen, <laughs> my boy, are you there? Doctor! Am I pleased to hear you? Yes, yes, sir, I'm sure you are.
2: Now,
0: uh, look at this. These
2: are gorgeous. Where do you shop? Carnaby Street? Uh, who do you think you are? The nuke of the north or something? Blooming kids. But how did they get past the locked doors? It wasn't kids. What's that, Duchess? It wasn't kids, it was the guys. The guys? The pile of rags. They stood up. They came at me. Ben, you saw their faces. We've mended the damage where we can, but now uh, we can't interfere. Not there, not so close to-
0: Perhaps. Where is the doctor's capsule heading now?
2: Uh, Earth, mutters spiral, their
0: 16th century. Ah, then perhaps there is still something we can do. Our revels now are ended. These, our actors, as I foretold you, were all spirits and are melted into air.
2: Big Finish. We love stories.